Hey everybody, it's Ryan. Sorry about that long delay between the last episode and the anniversary episode. Um, life was just crazy over the past like three weeks. I moved to a new house. Uh, I got moved up at my job, so my hours changed. So that affected trying to figure out when in the heck am I going to have time to edit this. But I think we've ironed it out now. So as a little thank you to you guys for being patient and also a little celebration again to that one year that we hit that one year mark. So pumped. Everyone that's been listening since day one, we can't thank you enough. And if you're just hopping on now, we're glad to have you in the campfire. So we're dropping this little extra episode for you. I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to tell everyone what you know about the show. So thank you. Without further ado, here we go. You don't know because you lost your bones. You lost everything you had. Um, his balls wasn't feeling right. I mean, it's worth it to not get caught for murder. Anyway, skill horses uh, do not mesh with um, khaki pants. See, so these are where the questions come from. This yeah. is where it stems from. This is what makes it fun. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire. Your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Jordan, it is hot. It's hot. Why is it so hot? Probably because you've been moving all day, man. Yeah, moving through this swamp. I got spiders on me. I got crickets on me. Crickets and spiders don't really get on you like that. Is that a gator? No, no. Squatch, scare that thing off. Thank you, Squatch. Look at it. Look at it. It's death rolling itself over there in the mud. So we we tried to make it out of Florida back home for this episode, and we wish we did because it's so hot and sticky. But we're in the swamp. It's pretty much the worst. So since we're in the swamp, we figured we'd talk about swamp gas and other explanations for ghostly and UFO sightings and misidentified cryptids. So swamp gas isn't just what... We're it's not swamp ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah squat, squatch, put that down. Put it, put it down. I don't care how many bugs are on it. You cannot chew on that stick. Oh, it's squatchy. Don't worry. Once we get out of here, I'll take you to a KFC. Just don't eat the bugs. <laughs> get them a double down. Yeah. So, like I said, we're talking about. It's funny. In my notes, I titled this BS explanations. Um, but we're actually going to find out whether these are BS or not. Because if anybody has ever watched a History Channel special on UFOs or anything of that matter, uh, swamp gas and weather balloons, they tend to come up with explanations for those. And I thought since we were talking about something that could explain, in some cases, ghosts, a lot of times UFOs, we might as well talk about something for cryptids too. And so we'll also be talking about uh, misidentified animals. Okay. And going into that a little bit. So this one will be a little bit more sciencey than normal. But trust me, we are not scientists. Do not claim to be. And yeah. I'm a scientist. But what are you talking about? Look, what's the pH level of this swamp water then? Uh, or of my bourbon. Because I need it after the moving today. You got me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing. So what's been going on, man? Besides, uh, besides you know podcasting squanch in florida and well swamp ass. well you know moving mm-hmm. moving we got the house so 
Woo-hoo. for everyone. I know you all were on pins and needles. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, Cassandra and I actually got our house. Waiting in the wings. So I, and she is out with Jordan's fiance in Vegas partying it up. Mm-hmm. While we're left behind to do the heavy lifting. Yep, yep. They are enjoying her 30th over in Vegas. Having a good old time. She told me they're getting dumplings tonight, and I am jealous. Yes. Because I want dumplings. I don't know. I'm hoping that wasn't a code word for something. I, I was about to clarify, like, Asian dumplings. Asian dumplings, yes. Food. But, let's see. But. When people say dumplings, I still automatically think chicken and dumplings. Mm-hmm. Just how I was raised. And, you know, I didn't even like chicken and dumplings. I love I, chicken and dumplings. I love the broth that it, they're cooked in, mm-hmm. and the chicken itself is so good. But I'm just not a dumpling man. Asian dumplings? Yes, but for the dumplings that are made in chicken and dumplings, not my jam. I mean, like, essentially, like, the little flour balls? Not my jam. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that chicken. They make, well, they make, they make it the dumplings. Yeah. You know, but. So while while they're off having a good time, we're left here. You're sweating, working hard. Yeah. And Well, uh, you are. I'll be helping you out tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So, Jordan, how about you? What have you been up? Uh, work today. We're, we're kind of putting together our playlist for the whole uh, shebang. You know, first dance and uh, entry song and the like stuff. I never thought I would end up messing with, mm-hmm. but it's fun. You get to pick and choose and kind of plan your day around what your what sound what's what's going to be playing when. Yeah, but, I'd like to have that job be the person that makes soundtracks for movies. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, it'd be the dream job. Yeah. Not you don't you mean would you, would you go that way from pest control get out of get out of, get out of well if somebody was like hey you can go work in Hollywood make yeah. soundtracks for movies yeah <laughs> with uh, Hans Zimmerman it'd be fun that'd be that'd be a lot of fun yeah you know what else is fun swamp gas gas it was, it gas, was, gas okay yep that took a lot of self control what to say gas oh okay but swamp gas have you heard of swamp gas and have you heard it being used as an explanation for anything um i have heard of swamp gas but not in in this in the context of what we're talking about okay okay so um no i i i didn't know it had any relativity to like paranormal activity mm-hmm. usually like. usually swamp gas is given as an explanation um for when people see lights, mysterious lights mm-hmm. that they can't explain, uh, it's been proposed that this this swamp gas is combusting. Um, it has risen from from the swamp, combusting midair, and because of like a chemical reaction as it increases in atmosphere, and that it gives off the light that people are reporting as UFOs. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The, the, so they're going with a combustion kind of thing, eh? Where mm-hmm. It's like doing it internally, and it's just the natural process, right? Huh. Yeah. Because well, I can see, like, maybe like, I mean, because swamp swamp air is going to be a little bit thicker, anyways. I mean, if you end up like shining mm-hmm. your lights on that in the dark or something like that, if it would reflect refract light or whatever. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So combusting mm-hmm. midair bubbles. Gas. Yeah. Gas yeah. bubbles from from the swamp. Yeah. But let's go what swamp gas is even at the base level, like before it even gets up there and, and does its magic. Um, so swamp gas, it's also called marsh gas bog or bog gas, and sometimes people associate it with will-o'-wisps, uh, which is another phenomenon. Usually that happens over water. Um, kind of a similar thing, though. You'll see kind of 
light refractions and usually it's kind of like a bluish light mm-hmm. uh, but those are those are things swamp gas can also be called but what it is is it's a mixture of methane hydrogen sulfide and carbon dioxide and it's produced naturally within some geographical marshes swamps and bogs methane is the largest part of it and 50 to 80 percent is methane of this well that makes sense because if it's going to combust so it's going to be Right. It's going to be gassy. Right, right, right. And the reason it is so densely made with with the the methane and other 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 chemicals is so in the swamp you've got a top layer of vegetation, right? Mm-hmm. So you got all your vines and, and, and your bushes and all your fun stuff. You have all that thick layer in the roots that form almost kind of like a seal top. And it traps all the dead animals and all the dead plant material underneath that layer. Mm -hmm. And that just causes a large buildup. And it prevents, because you have that kind of a seal, prevents oxygen getting to it, uh, which essentially lets everything down there ferment and create the methane and other gases that it forms. I'm wondering if that's the same kind of thing where, like, I I don't know if you've ever seen in videos where, like, people walk on a certain, it's not even like a marsh or a swamp per se, but it's, I mean, it could be even just a lush green pasture or whatever but there's like a bubble underneath the grass or 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 whatever like it just looks like a ran like perfectly normal field and then you go and you step in one spot and like it totally unevens or like the ground is completely unstable doesn't even look right oh oh i know what you're talking about is it gonna look like like almost like it's liquid underneath Mm mm-hmm but because I'm wondering if that's if there's any uh, relation. Might be. I think it might have to do a little bit more with like the underground um, underground waterways mm-hmm. that run through, and you just might have a pocket in those areas that are particularly close to the ground. I know those are a little more rare. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So here's the big question: Why does gas matter? Squatch? No, no. Because it keeps not moving. that kind of gas. Squatch. <laughs> I was going there too. <laughs> great minds think a light squatch that reminds me we're going to take a little break from the swamp gas and squatch's gas i think we should just go ahead and do it now okay give give him oh you wanted to hold on did you want you said at the end but we can do it now we can do we can do a little i didn't even remember that's how tired i am yeah dude it's been a long day for you you know what surprise reveal so so the votes are in Mm -hmm. we had had some suggestions come through and uh we settled on a name for the anonymous squatch it's gonna be the winning name is Barnabas. But we're going to tweak it a little bit. So the listener that sent it in, don't get too mad at us. Just because it's a mouthful. We like it, just a mouthful. He'll still be Barnabas. We'll, we'll, we'll refer to him as such. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shorten it to Barney. Because I like it. The mm-hmm. lovable Barney Bigfoot. Yeah. I mean, plus we, you know, we're around the guy so much. It's, it's only natural that we'll uh, come up with a nickname. Yeah. So, so Squatch now has, has a name. He has an identity. Yeah, buddy. Be happy. Yeah, Barney. So, so Barney, from here on, no more Squatch. Maybe a Squatch every now and then. But Barney. Back to the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> so like a little, I, little out of the blue. Yeah. So, like I was saying, this is usually... the So, swamp gas itself is usually attributed to UFOs and ghosts that are seen in such areas. Mm-hmm. Um, areas near the swamps and just dense forested areas that have high moisture contents that can create these things. Makes sense. So, this would ex- um, explain the, the bright, strange color 
and in some cases an erratic movement because it is that fluid gas that would move in ways that of course airplanes and other maybe not drones now but we didn't have drones in the time some of these were reported um, but also that kind of like morphing shape because sometimes you'll hear in UFO sightings like oh yeah it started out as kind of like a triangular and shifted into like a conical shape and then mm-hmm. split into three I could see how a gas doing this would would kind of make that kind of phenomenon happen makes me want to look up like what a like how long a maybe a specific instance of uh swamp gas would be like just if you happen happen across a a bit that ends up start starting to combust or give off light or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever you end up seeing how long of an experience that is or what it actually how drastic it's moving or yeah i'm wondering well because most people and it's usually from pretty it's from a far kind of tech depending on the situation that's what i would assume i mean because you 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 think it's a spacecraft Mm -hmm. so fairly high in the air that's what i'm that's another thing like i'm wondering it's not going to dissipate by the time it gets all the way up to where you would think that it would be potentially in the sky like that like you don't think that I mean, I think, which I'm no chemist, I mean, I don't but know. I know some chemicals can be more dense than others and, and kind of cling together. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of think of like smoke. Like smoke does dissipate, but it can go up and hold its shape for at least a little while before it finally disperses. True. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good question. I, especially, I didn't even think about this when I was researching it, but like the quickness of how fast it would burn up. Yeah. Like is this, are we talking... That's what I'm saying. Like, like ten I'm, second burn and it's gone. Or are mm-hmm. we talking? Does it take thirty seconds to burn? Like it's a it's kind of a big difference. So. I suppose it depends on how much methane is actually in that. How condensed it is. Whatever. Yeah. True. 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 So, that's kind of what they're proposing as far as the specifics of. Oh, not not just being like, oh yeah, that's just a UFO. Like no, because of this shape shifting ability that it seems to have and this kind of erratic movement and strange colors, that's why it's usually attributed to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is that the gas doesn't burn on its own. Um, it still requires a form of ignition. And at ground level, um, especially in this swampy, damp environment, you're not likely to find any kind of ignition source. Because mm-hmm. just as this is attributed to, to UFOs, it's also, which I think is much more believable, of a explanation at ground level for ghosts when people see ghosts moving through the swamp and through mm-hmm. the forests and things like that. But the problem is you're talking about such a damp area, it's really hard to get anything to set fire. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a majority of like what's causing whatever the phenomenon is, is, is moisture. So Right. So as far as the ignition source, that seems a little, little bit... Iffy. It seems a little bit of a hurdle to get past. But the the only way it's been shown to self-ignite is in a lab study where they created an, an environment of tetrahydride bearing phosphate and injected it into a stream of methane. And then if self-ignition occurs, then it forms a bright green colored gas. So hmm. if it does self-ignite, that's the only kind of conditions that cause that. Um, and the phosphines that they injected to cause the methane to combust, um, they're usually produced from either aluminum phosphide or magnesium phosphide, which the magnesium makes sense because magnesium burns green. Mm-hmm. And 
those are they do have a bit of a presence um, in like the atmospheric makeup. Mm-hmm. So there are levels of it, but almost like you have to have the perfect cocktail of right, right. Where it's got to be the perfect storm to make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like okay, once it hits two thousand feet, there's going to be enough magnesium. It's going to pop. It's you got to kind of find those really condensed pockets to make it the mixture just right. Yeah. So this mixture also is um, typically used in pesticide ruminants, and it's because of that it is found in large amounts in our atmosphere. That's kind of the the reasoning they propose for it to be in the atmosphere, is because of the fact that there are certain materials like our pesticides that, that do contain these mixtures, mm-hmm. uh, which as a person that applies pesticide, we don't just let things go in the atmosphere. like majority of our products are uh, are sprayed in a liquid solution to prevent that so it stays in the ground at ground level to yeah. leave a residue and not run off um, and not not in a fumigate form to where it goes in the air so mm-hmm. maybe that could be a pesticides of past you know but I mean this still doesn't explain anything about it as far as like you know there's been ghost sightings outside of swamps Right, you know, right. It's not the only place that they're well, and located, or or UFOs for UFOs for that matter. Right. Yeah, I'm no. not. I could see this being maybe a possible thing for maybe not even totally swamp. Like I, I just think Louisiana swamp when I hear swamp. Mm-hmm. Maybe even not even that intense. Maybe just like near waterways where things are more damp and dense. Yeah. I just I still have a hard time believing swamp gas though, because swamp gas it would dissipate once that is finished burning. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't appear to shoot off. In a lot of UFO cases, people are like, "Yeah, they it, it was there, kind of moved back and forth a little bit, split up into two, and then it just shot off, and was mm-hmm. gone." So you wouldn't get that out of a burning. It would just fizzle away. Yeah, it would do whatever random thing it does and then just dis- dissipate yeah there's not many ufo sightings that you read about where they're like yeah and then it was it just disappeared mm-hmm. or if they do mean that when you get further further into the conversation they explain like it was there and then it just shot off in one direction and was gone mm-hmm. the, but there's no shooting of anything in this it's just will dissipate yeah i think i call bs on some gas for the most part yeah I, now i definitely think it's a thing it's a th- well, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a re- it is a real thing. Like, I mean, they have all those marshes and, you know, they show the bubbling up and stuff like that and all the different movies whenever they go to swamps or marshes. You know, they always have that one little mud bubble that pops as soon as they come up on the scene. Bloop. So, I mean, I get that, you know, those things naturally build up in the ground and stuff like that, but I don't think that they're causing uh, these sightings necessarily, not specifically at least. And not to this amount. No. They may explain your occasional one. Mm-hmm. But I almost see them more likely to explain a ghost sighting than I do a UFO sighting. Yeah, I would say if anything, I would only I would only see it as maybe a ghost uh, relation, maybe not UFO at all. Mm-hmm. If you do live in a swampy area and you've actually seen this phenomenon happen, uh, whether you think it's swamp gas or not, please like write us in creepycampfirepodcast at gmail dot com. We we'd like to hear because. We're just kind of dipping our toes into the science water, uh, but some first-hand accounts. The science water. <laughs> the science water. The, the swamp is science water. Uh, God, now i got to wash my toes. Squatch, bring the canteen. <laughs> and 
so we, 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 we aren't claiming to know all the facts for this, but just at our, our base research, which in case you're curious, We're I found... you know very little facts. <laughs> yeah, we... I did look, like, try to dig up as many sources as I can. It was really hard to find, like, swamp gas for sure, 100%. Like, we know the chemical makeup of that. Yeah. That is recorded for sure. It's a real thing that occurs. Yes, it's the combustion mm-hmm. that I had a real hard time digging in and and getting detailed information, not, not evidence, but information about the combustion of swamp gas. So I feel like if it's that difficult even to get the information about it, it can't be that common of an occurrence. Yeah. So, which if you guys are, are curious and you, you're more interested in it, the, the main sites that I used uh, is uh, sciencedirect.com and uh, umbc.edu slash swampgas. I so, found an EDU for that one, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try. Trustworthy source. Only the best for, <laughs> for our campers. Only the best. So that does it for swamp gas. Let's move on to round two. Oh, dude, did you remember that it's like it's like National S'mores Day today? Or keep creepy campfire podcast. That, really that's that why Squanch is like using the sw- swamp gas. Barney, look, I like mine slightly toasted. Don't burn it. <laughs> slightly toasted. He's depends, got. It depends on how that thing combusts, man. But but that well, we tried to tell you to be careful. You, you blew up in your face. That swamp gas just popped the marshmallow. Too much methane in it. That doesn't sound good. But no, I didn't know it was National S'mores Day, but good thing Barney's got us covered over there. That's like my... Besides cheesecake, man. That's my... Oh, oh just everybody. Know my vices. Send me s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if they melt on the way. That's all I want. It might, it might be the perfect melt, like when you leave it in the car just long oh enough God, for yes. the chocolate to get... Yeah. Yeah. And the marshmallows, well, you know, but then you don't get that smoking. You know what? We're not going to talk about this right now. It's just making me want some more. <laughs> so weather balloons. Well, weather balloons. Other other soft, pillowy, white <laughs> things. Stop it. <laughs> You've had to have heard of weather balloons. I've seen weather balloons. You've seen them? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know this. Tell, talk, talk to me. Talk to me. What What did you see? There, I I've only remember, like, two of them distinctly. There was. There used to be one that was... I can't even remember. It was in this general area. But we used to go... Uh, my grandpa used to live in Reno, and we'd go back and forth from Sac to Reno all the time. And I remember always in the same spot, there would be one. There was a, I know of a yellow one, and I don't know of a red one. And then one... I think the red one was in this general Sacramento area, and then the other one was on the way towards Reno. I can't remember where, but they... Uh, it almost looked like they were on a line... Because it wasn't really like way higher than any of its natural surroundings, so I, I almost I feel because it's been years. I feel like I remember a, seeing a visible, small but visible wire going through it and connecting it to something, so that it's not just like actually floating out there. But that was only the yellow one. The red one I couldn't see anything on. So what was it? What was it shaped like? Relatively small for the most part, but it was, I mean, it was probably about, it reminded me of a, um, you remember, uh, what was that, tetherball? Mm-hmm. Almost mm-hmm. like, almost this direct size, shape, color comparison, especially the yellow one. But I'm a, I'm similar makeup for the red, and that's really all I can remember, but I have seen them, it was always daylight when I did, but they didn't look like anything too crazy to me. Okay. And my dad told me they were weather balloons, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Interesting. 
don't okay. know what they're any good for, or if we even use what those would have been in place for anymore. But that's my job on this one. Let's do it. So, I I, I almost want to question if those were even wet weather balloons. Though. Maybe not. I mean, because all have the you, weather. Have you never seen one. No, no, I've never seen one, and I was kind of calling BS on weather balloons prior to the research of this, but now I'm slightly more open to weather balloons. What? At least in the case of, because my whole thing was, because I've never seen a weather balloon, I'm like, how many weather balloons can there be? Not many. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Oh, okay. oh, all right, all right. All right, let's get, let's get into it, let's get into <laughs> it. So what are weather balloons anyway? So a weather balloon, a weather or sounding balloon, is a balloon specifically made to carry instruments aloft. You know I'm reading when I say words like aloft because I don't yeah. use words like that. Uh, to send back information on atmospheric pressure, temperature, humidity, and wind speed by means of a small expendable measuring device called a radio sound. A radio, yeah, radio sound. Okay. Is it like a, not Pretty- like an audio thing, but like a... Some kind of wave, kind of... Yeah, some form of that. Mm -hmm. So, I was curious what they were made of, because I assumed it would be some kind of reflective material that you usually... Because we're seeing them in the sky, seeing lights bounce off of them, things like that. Yeah. So, so they're typically of a more reflective or brighter color, so they can be found. Um, The balloon itself... For, for the trip that it has, um, it flies for around two hours and can drift as far as 125 miles away. Hmm. It can rise up over 100,000 square feet, which is about 20 miles. And the weather balloons are made of a latex or synthetic rubber or a neoprene. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, and they're filled with either hydrogen or helium. Mm-hmm. So there's the small package attached to the bottom, which is the, the instrument they're using or the uh, radio sound. Radio sound, S O N D E. Sound is what we're going with yeah, this yeah. time, campers. So they. Soundy. So it's carrying this. It kind of looks like a miniature, miniature hot air balloon with yeah. like the little basket underneath it. Makes me think that what I was seeing was not weather balloons. What you were seeing almost to me sounds like um, when you've got the the power lines that mm-hmm. run long distances and they have those red balls. Some sort of that are on the power lines. Connector kind of thing, or like a something for stability in the line or whatever yeah or just to signify where it is so you don't fly through a (laughs) chasm and maybe hit a wire a little important yeah but that's almost what it sounds like to me versus this but there could i wouldn't be surprised if there's multiple types this is just the most common type that i found yeah so you you could have totally been seeing one you could you could have even been seeing like a homemade one i don't know (laughs) well like i said this was like a deck this was probably over a decade ago and i haven't seen them since like i've not seen any of them around so so let's see where were we these small packages small packages it's too easy too low hanging of a fruit so that was almost two for two (laughs) (laughs) so these guys are attached to the to the balloons to measure pressure temperature and relative humidity as it rises in the atmosphere now these instruments endure pretty extreme temperatures. It can be as cold as negative 139 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 95 degrees Celsius. The humidities can go from zero to 100 percent, and the air pressures only a few thousandths of what found on Earth's surface. Ice, rain, thunderstorms, and wind speeds of almost 200 miles an hour. Dang! So it sees some extremes while it's up there. So 
all during this whole time this transmitter is sending everything back so that way we can get the information we need to make adjustments in case some emergencies are going to happen mm-hmm. in, in those weather conditions well, i'm wondering i'm wondering if those are uh, any good at detecting like the potential of um tornadoes or cyclones or anything like that as far as like combining because you know that's like the when the two different temperature you just watch twisters all you're pulling that from i took a chemistry class <laughs> not chemistry sorry that, that wouldn't be what it was uh well yeah because isn't that what they yeah, do chemistry. they take like 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 pinwheels like soda can pinwheels and they take the instruments and they they go up into the twister and they can figure out the wind did you ever watch twister i have not seen twister all the way through i've okay. seen about 15 minutes of it hey, yep totally missed it this week's reference, Twister. I missed it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Usually I'm the one with the uh, pop culture context. So the funny thing about these that I didn't know is these guys are actually made to pop. Okay. It's the whole purpose of them. So as these balloons are ascending higher, um, the gases in the balloons expand and they pop. How heavy but is the thing that they're carrying? I don't think too heavy, but there is a built-in parachute attached to it. So, like, as it pops, then the parachute engages, so that way the instrument can make it safely to the ground, so they I can recover it. love to have that job. It'd be like finding a treasure every day. No, that would be so aggravating so fast. Why? Like, where is this damn thing? Like, I've been out here for four hours. I've got three more to find Where's today. your sense of adventure, man? <laughs> I expect more out of you. Come on, Ryan. That's not adventure. That's BS treasure hunting. Okay, Dude, you keep saying BS. What do you really, really mean? Bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I just had to get one in there. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I thought you'd be more into that, Mr. Uh, treasure Map Pirate Guy. You know, it... <laughs> it's it's the most not, eloquent way I can put that. I just feel like retrieving it would be a pain in the butt. Like when you lose your kite, like I feel like it would it would end up in situations like oh the things in a tree how am I I don't uh, now I got to get in this tree and get it out. Okay, yeah, that'd be a pain. That's for sure. Yeah, or now it's in a gully and I got to go down this gully because you know it's gonna land in like the biggest pain in the ass place. Most likely, say at least five out of five for mm-hmm. five out of ten. So one thing I was wondering, I was like, okay, so this is what this thing is. This all makes sense seems to check out like make pretty common sense thing Mm -hmm. so who uses it so the national weather service which is where i got a lot of this information from as far as the the instrumentation itself Mm -hmm. um the u.s federal this is the u.s federal agency that provides weather information to weather information to organizations and the public for general information so that way we know oh a tornado is coming down the street we need to get out of here yeah or hey guess what it's gonna be rainy next week and it kind of sucks but so they use it. Obviously, meteorologists pull from that information. The military uses it as well. For the best guesstimates, because we still can't predict the weather. Mm, yeah. They got the like the bargain brand weather balloons. Got they, they, novel, they got them out. Pond weather, weather balloons. They got them out of the half price bin. Yeah. Acme weather balloons. It's got the big hole in the backside of it that you can't see. Just, just, just patches. Just over. Just, yeah. Just patches. Yeah. <laughs> now the big one that changed this idea for me... So according to Forbes, 900 weather balloons are released twice a day all across the world to, to measure this data. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, all right, that's actually a lot. Which, I mean, 1,800 spread out across the world. I get it. That's a very small percentage covering the surface of the world. But 
that's still more than I expected. Yeah, at least on a, especially on a daily basis. Yeah. So we're talking 900 twice a day all around the world, and that's just what's recorded. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty frequent. I can see some people seeing those and mistaking them, especially if it's like, you know, it got kind of like an aluminum color to it, it got mm-hmm. a good shine on it, things like that. Well, that makes sense now because they always have the morning and then the the night like weather oh, update. Uh, weather update. Mm-hmm. So it's like we got the second balloon in. <laughs> we know what's going to happen. Guess tomorrow. what? It finally popped. Yeah, we found it. It was in a d- <laughs> gully, but we found it. This just in at six forty-five. We've got your evening pop alert, Barney. What you got for us? Oh, doesn't look good. Looks like more rain through the night, folks. Well, that's it for the 6.45 pop alert. Have a good evening. <laughs> Did you listen to the... 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 the MK? Yeah, no. I still <laughs> The other thing that I was curious, other than... The oh, no, wait. You played me the PSA. Did the I? The PSA bit? Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. So other than how frequently they come out, I was curious of, um, is this even the best way to measure weather? Like, if we're going to, are people really still doing this? Well, is I mean, how still, long have we been doing this? Exactly. Like, I understand some things, like, don't fix it if it ain't broke. But we've got to come up with better ways to figure out the weather conditions. So there are other instruments, like satellite systems, Doppler wind profilers, and radio acoustic sounders used in addition to weather balloons, but weather balloons are actually still the key instrument for measuring weather conditions. Hmm. And they're also really good for uh, measuring pollu- or for monitoring pollution, uh, used for photography, and very other, various other research. The photography, once I found out the military used these, I'm like, oh, I know they're taking pictures of that. Like, they mm-hmm. got to be taking pictures of that. For and sure. then shortly after I found out, like, yeah, people use this for photography. Yeah. Like, of course they do. Makes sense. But what of... But what of... I need, I need to know. <laughs> uh, you never will. I don't like sorry. that. I don't like that. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, we could we could try to get into the weather. Well, again, we could try to get into the weather balloon business. We can we can break into it. I'm not worried about getting into the business. I'm worried about the government taking pictures of my new property. They don't need to know what I'm doing in my backyard. On a side note, that's for us to know. <laughs> speaking of. Knowing in backyards, because I'm in people's backyards all the time, I learned that the beginning of August is apparently harvest season for weed. Oh, okay. I've seen so much weed. Yeah? So much yeah, weed. Yeah, is? No. I don't partake, for everyone listening. In all honesty, I don't partake. But it just... I think I think it's funny when I go into backyards and someone's got a little plant, especially when it's someone you don't expect, like this uh-huh. sixty-year-old couple. Uh-huh. They got a couple plants. Dude, it's everywhere, man. But this past like couple weeks at work, I'm spraying the backyards of people's houses, and people were back there harvesting, and there's just plants right and left. And I'm like, there is there is a lot of weed around here. Getting your aromatherapy for the day. <laughs> you know it too. As soon as you step in the backyard, you like open the gate and the, and the gates are open either there's you. a skunk here or there's some there's some good bud and I'm voting for the bud just cause I don't want I don't need a skunk in my life now the final round three section misidentified animals as cryptids yeah as cryptids as other things too but mostly cryptids you know okay. misidentifying misidentifying um 
animals and claiming their things like good old Barney over here. Yeah, that that's right. That's right, Barney. They think you're a bear. It's stupid. I don't get it. But I, I living in an area where people hunted a lot mm-hmm. and just being surrounded by a lot of nature in general to where like I'm bored. I'm literally going to just take a hike in the woods. Yeah. And I just I I tend to trust the people of that area a whole lot more. Because they're in it every day. They're seeing these things every day. Mm-hmm. You're And, like, you're out there with a gun. Or maybe you're out there without a gun. So, like, you're extra afraid. But you learn to not be afraid of certain things the more you're around them. Yeah. So, when people say Bigfoot is a bear. Or the Hopkinsville goblins are barn owls. Or things like that. Or the Mothman is a Sandhill Crane. When people say things like that, I think it's really insulting to the people that live there. Mm-hmm. Like they live with that every day; they know what it is. So I wanted to. I, this one is not as scientific as the other two topics, as far as like concrete information, but I figured we'd chat about it a little bit. So I did find a couple common cases of, or one specific common case of misidentification. Is one of them the chupacabra? It actually, it was, yeah, yeah. But I didn't put that one down. Um, I, I actually I wanted to stick more more concrete to try to give this a little more validation. Because well, I forget that one's supposed to look like what like a like a dog with mange is what the chupacabra people usually think it is. <laughs> the goat sucker. Yeah. yeah. So um. I stuck with something a little bit more. Two things that are more concrete as far as not so much misidentified with a cryptid because it's hard to prove that, but as far as real cre- real animals being misidentified as other real animals just to see how often people are making this mistake mm-hmm. so I've got two for you I've got one that is very blatantly obvious how much people can misidentify something and then another one that's got the facts so starkly different from each other that I can't believe people are misidentifying it like I just refuse to believe it Okay. so the first one um, are actually pit bulls so misidentification with pit bulls uh, occurs very frequently and there was a study done in florida it was a little bit smaller of a study it was only of 120 dogs so a little bit smaller of a sample size Mm -hmm. but they did a a study on shelter staff and even veterinarians to see what they would label these dogs as that came through their doors without being previously told and in this sample size, through DNA testing, to so they knew 100% like this dog is what this dog is, they learned that staff misidentified one in three dogs as a pit bull. Dang. One in three. And this was a study done, again, by the University of Florida. Uh, I'm assuming, well, were they like full breeds or were they, were these mutts that well, had a little bit of... It's a little tricky because um, th- some things that I had read about it was that Pit bulls, it's very hard to find a pure breed pit bull these days. Yeah. Uh, because they have been bred out so much, whether it be... It's awful. Dogs in general are just the market. For, it, it, there's a market. There is a market for dogs that's not a regular market. It's There's like a black market for dogs, and it's insane. Yeah. They've been watered down a lot, but still, one in three. That's, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Quite a uh, statistic. And and we're talking shelter staff and veterinarians. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's specifically your two people's jobs to know what the hell this animal is <laughs> and how to fix it. That's crazy. 
Sorry, live update from the Cassandra report. Ooh, what's up? She might be getting a tattoo. Who? Cassandra. Really? <laughs> we'll see. Oh my god, Cassie better not be getting a tattoo. No, she wouldn't do that to you before the wedding. Good. She, she, she'd do it after the wedding. She sent me pictures earlier of like the bride-to-be sash and the, <laughs> and the I do purse that she bought. And I'm like, you don't have to keep convincing me. <laughs> We're getting married. I know We're it. Good. All right. We're good. I trust you. Jeez. I got a coworker. Okay, so Cassie went, my fiance went to Vegas last year for, as uh, part of another um, bachelorette party for one of her friends. And she asked me the same question last year. My coworker did. She was like, your, your girlfriend's about to go to Vegas for a weekend and you don't you don't care? You don't, you don't have a problem with that? And I'm like, yeah, I trust Yeah, I trust my fiancé. I'd I'd, I'd, I think we'd have some issues if I didn't trust her to go to Vegas for, by herself two months before our wedding. <laughs> Had to get that out. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Hope that person's listening. You were talking about... You, you listen. Squat, or, I'm sorry, Squatch. Barney. That was for you, Kayla. Barney, you, you tell them. She does not specifically listen, but I'll get her on there. Um, she doesn't listen because Barney scared her. All right, scared her off the show. So pitbulls, yeah, pitbulls. So pitbulls, misidentified. I'm one, sure one in three. One misidentified. In, yeah. Well, granted, like I said, small sample size, only 120. Usually, we're talking thousand plus in a lot of scientific studies. Uh, but just, it just surprises me. I even though it's a small sample size, I still think there's a lot of credit to it because it wasn't like you did this. You you asked people on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're asking people on the street, I want you, like a 2,000 people sample size. Dude, what's my dog? <laughs> bro, bro, you know he's a pit, hey, right? What's come on? Like you know like, this, you know this. Look, look at those chest muscles, bro. For real, bro. We're, Truthfully, I got him out here running every day. Look at those pointy ears. Those are bullshit. No, he's a pit bull <laughs> or bulldog. Pit bull. Pit bull. Pit bull. He's, so, he, no, he's a bulldog. No, he's a pit bull. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> But because these are trained professionals that see animals every day, it's their job. The fact that that much misidentification can happen. Oh, Jordan took a hard shot of bourbon just now. Uh, it was watered down by that point. It had a couple cubes in there. Couple cubes. Oh, he is he is sour facing hard whiskey face, baby. Oh, that's warm. We don't really drink a lot when we do this podcast, you guys. I know no. a lot. I know a lot of podcasts do that. It's just been the do last it? last two episodes. I definitely think that. If we ever decided to go on a different venture, that would be that would be a hell of a time. All right, listeners, write Drunken into us. Have you enjoyed this? Should we take bourbon every time we do this? Oh write us God. in. Creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. And you know, no, no, Barney, Barney, you can't have the bourbon. We don't have enough for your body size. You're too big. We can't get you drunk. Nope. We can hold it for us, though. That's too expensive. We're barely keeping the podcast afloat, okay? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, right. Where's your seven bucks? <laughs> Got to kick in, man. Damn it. So, so that's the pit bulls. There's one other thing I want to talk about, which is uh, mountain lions, actually. Okay. We all know by now I'm from Kentucky. We all know I talk about it a lot. But I swear to you, I didn't specifically look up a Kentucky thing. You got to you gotta talk about Kentucky, man. I just, literally, I just literally looked in misidentifications in nature, and like this came up via the Kentucky uh Kentucky Fish and Game mm-hmm. website. May I just say, I really hope that we get to go to Kentucky with you soon. Sure, sure, yeah. I want to go. Take you out there. I want to go check out Lexington. and Shout out Lexington, hometown. Shout out Pikeville. It's where I graduated high school. Go Panthers. Been, man. we got to go. Yeah. You're going to show us around. Definitely. Show us the ropes. Definitely. 
Okay. So, mountain lions. Mountain lion identifications in Kentucky, um, they seem to be coinciding with an increase in the current bobcat population, actually. So, the bobcat, which, for all our UK fans out there, or if you're just sports people and you know who the University of Kentucky is, the wildcat is a bobcat. So Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the little cat... That's your guys' like, uh, mascot. Mascot? Yep. Cool. Yep. So... Those little guys were getting to be a little... They look completely different than mountain lions. Trust me, we're going to get to the exactness of their their misidentifications here in just a minute. I'm even going to show you some... This is what you're talking about, how you can't believe... Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, this is... I can't believe this. But they're like half half the size. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Continue. Sorry. (laughs) So, there is a, a... a coincidence, like I said, of... So, currently, the bobcat population is increasing, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Um, But... And the and the reportings of the mountain lion signs or sightings are are going along with that and increasing too, uh, but the eastern mountain lion was actually deemed extinct in 2011, and the last verified reporting was in 1974 with a cub that was hit by a car in Floyd County, Kentucky, right next to Pikeville. Ha ha, Betsy Lane, y'all killed the last mountain lion. Good job. Anyway, what? <laughs> Rival school. Do you school. know somebody that hit a? I, I don't. Not in 1974. I was, oh, you said 1974. Sorry, no, I was I just, just stuck on the fact that you like might I, know somebody that... No, I just know the area, and Pikeville Damn. people pick on Floyd County people, so I had to get uh, it. Had, okay, get I, your jab in. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so in 1974, the uh, mountain lion cub was hit. So, eastern mountain lion, like how far... Well, because Kentucky's not the east coast. Mm-hmm. So, how far mid-land does that eastern mountain lion range and if they're extinct like for real like they oh, yeah. um, east coast mountain lions are just done i feel like the east coast mountain lion region i don't know this i did not look that up if i had to take a shot in the dark i would assume the appalachian mountain range that would yeah. make the most sense to me which runs from new york all the way if down any left yeah which runs from new york all the way down to I know through Tennessee. I want to say possibly as far down as the top of Georgia. But, wait, what does that run through? Like the top of New York? Is it the, the, Appalachian, touches, the Appalachian touches New York? Yeah, the Appalachian goes as far up as New York. I think it's like obviously the, I'm really fucking good at my geography. So <laughs> yeah, I think it. Go, I think it's like the bottom of the state. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, so 2011 it was determined extinct. 1974 was the last time anyone actually saw one, period. Wow. Like, verified saw one. That's sad. And then, and um, pointed out in the book Mammals of Kentucky by Roger Barbour, Roger Barber and Wayne Davis, no valid reports have, have actually came across since 1899, according to them. Uh, the nearest population of any kind of mountain lion is 900 miles away in Nebraska. Uh, there are some, a very small population in, I believe, Florida, uh, but not, Nebraska is the healthiest one. I was going to say, they're usually like warmer places, don't they? Uh, and a lot of like East Coast stuff, I mean, you get the snow and stuff like that. I mean, Florida, you get, you get, you get a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. And West Coast, you get a lot of heat. Well, they're fine with snow. I mean, big cats. There's, I mean, you have the snow leopard. Well, true, and... but I mean, just as far as like a preference basis, I thought that mountain lions. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't claim to know mountain lions. <laughs> We've not even gotten the one in... that I met told me. Okay. <laughs> We've not even gotten into the the discrepancies. <laughs> George just learning about mountain lions, and he's upset. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll start giving him bourbon every time too. So, so this is just the background on the population size. Okay. So very thin, determined to be extinct. Haven't seen any in a really long time. Wow. Now I want to get into the specifics of of a bobcat and the specifics of a mountain lion, so we know exactly. For people that don't know these two animals, they can get a little bit of a mental picture. So a mountain lion uh, typically weighs between 120 and 220 pounds for a male and 64 to 140 pounds for females. They are six and a half feet to eight feet long from the tip of their tail to their nose. Their tail accounts for two to three feet of their total length. They also stand two to three feet tall at the shoulders. Their color is tan with dark tips of the tail and ears and short fur. So that way you've got your general picture. Just mm-hmm. just picture the cougar from Talladega Nights. That's all you need. Mountain lion. Yep. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Bobcats. So bobcats weigh 14 to 40 pounds for males and 9 to 34 pounds for females. They are from 19 inches to 4 feet long from tail to nose. The tail is 3.5 to 8 inches. Small tail. It's called a bobcat Mm -hmm. because they have a bob tail that's little and bobs around. (laughs) They stand a foot to 2 feet tall at the shoulder, colored with a base coat of tan or gray-brown or or sometimes gray, and are Mm -hmm. covered with uh, black streaks and spots. And they have about a mid-length fur. I'd they say those, they got those pointy ears too. Yeah, that's Ear why tufts. I like DJ so much because he remind me of a, yeah, of a bobcat. Yeah, yeah, beautiful cat. So their fur is probably about twice as long as what a mountain lion's mm-hmm. fur is. Thick. So I don't understand how you can mix those up. Well, first of all, I've heard of like I've I've seen domesticated bobcats. You will never have a domesticated mountain lion. Like, you can, I've actually even, to go beyond that, I've heard of bobcats crossbreeding with, with, uh, what do they call it? Not docile, but... Domesticated. Domesticated, thank you. With domesticated cats, and that working out. Like, you're never gonna, that's never gonna work with a full-on mountain lion. No. That's, no. They're, they're, like you said, they're I, don't, literally, I, don't, I don't understand how people would mix those two up. Just weight alone. Just pure weight alone, like... Four or five times larger. Size-wise, we're talking two to three times larger. I mean, a bobcat looks like a little bit of a bigger domesticated house cat. And I understand that... And see, okay, the reason I'm bringing this up, like I said before, is because not just misidentification of actual animals, but people saying things like, Bigfoot is a bear. Very different features get described between a Bigfoot and a bear. Mothman and a Sandhill Crane. Two very different things. I can't even picture Mothman. I'm like, a crane doesn't look at all like a... No. What do, what do you... No. Excuse me. It, so, just no. Just no. And, <laughs> no. No. And a lot of these things that people are... are That that officials, not just people, that officials, park rangers, uh, fish and game, wildlife commissions, are saying people are misidentifying these, these cryptids for animals for, they're animals that, that people are going out to shoot... So, like, they're going to know very detailed how these things look for a couple of reasons. One, I want to know what I'm shooting. I don't want to kill the wrong thing. You would better know if you're going to kill responsibly. That's all I'm saying. That's a 
Terrible That's, phrase to me. Well, here, here, kill here, responsibly. Let's, you know what? Let's let's rework that into a good PSA. Sorry. Brought to you from Barney, your neighborhood squatch. There's no such thing as killing responsibly. Sorry. Brought to you by your neighborhood squatch. Besides insects, because those suck. <laughs> and you're in that business. So. We need some of them. Bees are good. Bees are good. Spiders, I mean, they, they got their place. Just It's outside the house. People know what I mean when I say insects. <laughs> <laughs> So termites. So that's why. It, it, so people are saying that that hunters and outdoorsmen are mistaking bobcats for mountain lions. Even okay, we'll take away the size comparison because let's say one's a cub, where we think it's a cub. People say that it's been there have been studies done to say that people in general, unless you're trained from the military, police, or something like that, where you need to observe for your job and is crucial that our perception of size is terrible. And I'll fully, fully get on board with that to a degree, to a degree. I am sighing real hard over there. (laughs) But here's the thing. We're talking about people seeing things in a forest. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, you can't see far in a forest. I don't know if you ever walked outside and went into a forest. You got about maybe 80 yards. It's a forest. It's not a clear I've field. I've been to Woods in California. <laughs> Those are big redwoods, though. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, you can't see far. No. So no. if you do see something to misidentify it, it's not going to be 300 yards away. It's going to be fairly close, less than a football field, to where you can get some detail out of it. And with the mountain lion bobcat, the coat pattern is totally different. We've got something that's just a flat tan. Well, plus, I'm sorry, but by the time you see a mountain lion, usually, I mean, you're not, I mean, I wouldn't say that you're necessarily, like, screwed, but by the time you see a mountain lion, the mountain lion has been seeing you for a while, and it's close enough to you to probably, because mountain lions are, are known to, they are ones that would attack as opposed to, like, a bobcat that's usually more scared. And not necessarily... Well, like, yeah, and you're much less threatening to them because they are so much larger of an animal. Yeah. Whereas a bobcat, and they still might come at you, but it's going to be more of a defensive, scare-you-off thing. Whereas a mountain lion, like... You've heard of mountain lion attacks. You have not heard of, like, bobcats killing anybody. That's all I'm saying. I saw a bobcat one time. Ran out from under my car. Oh, it was the coolest thing I ever... I was really scared. That's so cute. I was really sad that I scared the little guy. Yeah. But it was... Yeah. In Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah, so cute. So I, it's just so different. Here, now I'm going to show Jordan a picture real quick. Real quick, I do that a lot actually. We maybe this doesn't help. <laughs> it certainly doesn't help. It makes it interesting though. Makes it interesting. I'm going to show Jordan a quick picture of. So hunters have trail cams now. Even non-hunters, people that just have land, have trail cams all over their property all the time. I can't tell you how. Like everybody I knew in Kentucky. Hey, man, you want to come over and see these weird pictures I got on my trail cam? Like, it's a thing. So I'm going to show Jordan some pictures of a a radio-collared bobcat that was captured on trail cam and then of a mountain lion that was captured on a trail cam in, in Missouri. So not Kentucky because obviously they've been deemed extinct in Kentucky. But in Missouri, they have a population. So Oh, only specifically in Kentucky. And Missouri's right next door. Just saying. Just saying. But as far as the Eastern Mountain Lion goes, there's still potential that they're, like, out there, but not 
but Kentucky then messed up and killed the last one. Uh, you know, we just got gun happy. I don't know what happened there. I see. But I'm, <laughs> so Jordan, the top one is a bobcat. The bottom one is a is a mountain lion. Let me see. I bet you, not even looking at these, I can differentiate which is which. <laughs> I will say it is a little. Oh, it is okay. A, it is a little harder to That's tell. Rough. Because the, the, the bobcat is a night vision it's picture. It's black and white, man. Yeah, but you if you really start to look at it, you can see the grooves. But I can see how someone at a quick glance would be like, yeah, mountain lion. But here's the thing. Look at the size compared to the trees. That too. And be, only because I've looked at both because I like big cats, you can see all the dark, the really dark paws on the bobcat because that's a signature of the bobcat as far as like the 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 dark that comes up the paw up onto the leg on there yeah yeah and the ears are fluffier yeah i mean i mean you, you could have fluffy ears as a mountain lion i'm sure i'm not i'm not discriminating but but. they got pretty short hair though yeah you know so it's not common it, it's like it's like the difference between like a terrier and a and like a chihuahua damn it that's a good comparison picture though i have to say that is a good comparison picture yeah Shit. like i said at a quick glance i can see it but when you start looking at the size like we've got four foot tall grass next to the mountain lion yeah size wise no doubt easy easy. but besides that in those two pictures i have to say that's a pretty again that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty good so that's that's that one now beyond that one i think i'm going to close out with a little bit funnier of a misidentification this one comes to us from china so this uh found this i want to laugh when you said china (laughs) Because anything can happen in China. It's a very cool place, but it's very big, and a lot of people, and a lot of things can happen. So, brought to you by abcnews.go.com, I found this article. <laughs> and it's titled, Bark Exposes Lying Lion at Chinese Zoo. <coughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> animal lovers at Chinese Zoo received a shocking disappointment this week when animal when an animal advertised as an African lion was discovered to be a dog in disguise. According to a report in Beijing Youth Daily, a fraudulent Fido at large, long-haired Tibetan Mastiff revealed itself when it began barking at a zoo. A Mastiff? Yep. They had a Tibetan Mastiff and started barking at customers at People's Park of Lohe. Yep. You got it. The Creep Campfire Podcast, Lohe. That's not right at all. It's got a little Spanish flair to it. Located in the central province of Henan, a woman identified by the surname Lui, L-I-U. How would you do that? L-I-U? Yeah. Liu? Liu. Usually the eyes, I think, are like silent. silent. Okay. A woman had been teaching her son to identify animals by the sounds they make. One of the first patrons to discover the fake. The zoo is absolutely cheating us, she told the local pater. Mm, local paper told the local paper that's not even drunk I just can't read paper whatever whatever the zoo is absolutely cheating us she told the local paper immediate reactions on Asino Weibo China's version of Twitter conveyed further disappointment in the zoo after their attempt to mislead customers this is not funny at all it's sad for both the zoo and the animals posted a user Zoo officials attempted to explain the incident by saying the real lion had been taken to a breeding facility and a zookeeper's dog was placed inside its pen temporarily for safety reasons, wrote the Daily. But locals weren't letting them off the hook so easy, especially after further inquiry uncovered more misidentified animals inside the zoo. 
two koipu rodents in a snake's cage, a white fox in a leopard's den, and yet another dog in a wolf's pen. So this is just a this is a regular Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> like what what's going on in China, man? I want to say that like I've seen videos of how uh, animals are treated in general in that area. Keeping it real broad. It's not good. It's not good. It's the the val the. What I've seen of the pandas though is like insane. How much they treat those guys like in a good way. In that's a good it. way. That's it though. Like that's their pride and joy. I don't know. Well, not specifically, but I, I don't like the the worst things that I've seen done to animals, as far as Facebook videos go and stuff like that. Not that I searched that out, but that I've scrolled across all. Mm-hmm. It's awful. But I mean, what, a, putting a do- what, what do you need a dog in a lion's cage for safety reasons for? <laughs> I just can't believe they thought that was going to work. That's my only thing. A mastiff? I mean, that's a big dog, but it's not a fucking lion. Well, have you seen Have you seen a Tibetan mastiff, though? No. Go- Google the picture real quick. I will say it does not look like a lion at all. But Is it, it six feet long? It's extremely large and hairy. Look it up. Well, mastiffs are hairy in general, but no, okay. No, okay. no, no, right, I'm telling you. Tibetan mastiff, right? I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Barney, what what you doing over there, Barney? Is that fire starting to die down? Don't worry, buddy. We're gonna get out of this swamp soon. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. Jesus, that is a that is a big dog. We'll get you back home. We'll get you in the treehouse. We we'll get you tucked in. Don't worry. That's a big dog, but that's I mean that's. It's super hairy though. Like it's one of the hairiest dogs I've ever seen. So that's the only reason. I could think of they're like, well, if we're going to pick a dog, we'll pick this one. But it, you're picking a dog. It's a, baby, it's a baby lion. It's just a baby. I wouldn't even say it's a baby lion. It's just a baby. It's because he's got all his fur. <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. That's awful. Oh, man. Um, so I thought I'd... Well, end. hopefully the tiger's back. Or the lion's back and the Tibetan Mastiff is out of the zoo. Mm-hmm. So with all this in mind, Jordan... We've we've done a pretty good job of like recapping each section as we went, but how do you feel about people misidentifying animals for cryptids? We started with bullshit. Uh, we're ending on bullshit. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Okay, but the weather balloons were not bull. Weather balloons was the only thing. I mean, because swamp gas is like, meh. It just seemed like too rare of an occurrence to really be used. Especially for as many cases as it potentially, they say it could, you know, be the case, the cause of. I'm, no. The, the animal thing is self-explanatory. The weather balloon, though, I, I mean, they're real. Apparently, we still use them a lot. Uh, but what, okay, but... We didn't really necessarily go into what we talked about weather balloons, but it's funny because you never really said like what they oh like why they're yeah what what, what literally just them just because they're there and they could be ref, ref, the reflective kind of thing. But like, are you talking like like a UFO kind of sighting kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Or, they, no, they're usually we didn't go into that at all. They, we just went, <laughs> we went into the info on it, and then we just like went okay, and then cryptids. <laughs> yeah, no UFO. They're, they're usually 
UFOs is what they say people misidentify weather balloons as UFOs. Like based around? Okay. Right. Just because it's something in the sky that's frequently in the sky. That's really all there is to it. Really thin. That makes 100% sense to me. The other two, baloney. The only reason I have a hard time with the weather balloons, I'm more toward it now than I was when I started. But because of how often are weather balloons really being released at 12 o'clock at night? Because uh, most UFO sightings are done, are, are are reported at night when it's the darkest. These things, weather balloons don't have lights on them. They might be a little reflective. I'll give you that. Yeah. But weather balloons don't have lights on them, and they also are moving with the wind. Mm-hmm. Maybe a tiny bit erratic, depending on what, because the wind blows at different speeds, different heights. But different. they're not jetting off in any certain direction. Same, yeah, same thing with the swamp gas. Okay, it might swamp, swamp gas might be burning up in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. but it's not jetting off away from the site. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's drift. Both of the, uh, all of these explanations for things that people are proposing, I think, are just a. Th- then like we'll just throw it at it like yeah it makes sense it's like you didn't think this all the way through mm-hmm. like okay what you're saying might explain part of this phenomenon we're seeing but it's not giving people the full story well and we're talking about it but we're not questioning the people who said it so i mean oh there's 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 some some questioners out there because it's yeah it's all government officials that report this like uh roswell mm-hmm. supposed to be a weather balloon as reported by the U.S. government. Well, I can say right now I don't trust shit that the government says. <laughs> but that's that's who, that, that's who has to make the the official statements on these things. Is government officials? I'm just going to leave it a blanket blanketed statement as government officials, because um, there's many branches and bureaus that do report. But a blanket of bullshit. <laughs> that's not a blanket I want to be under. <laughs> No, well, that's too bad. Well, I guess we don't get much choice. <laughs> well, oh <laughs> uh, man, it's 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 still hot, Jordan. Let's get out of here. It's, it's sticky hot. That's the worst kind of hottest. That's why I moved to Sacramento to get out of the sticky hot. Jordan, where can people reach us at? Come on, quit I'm ready to get out of here. Creepy Campfire Podcast at gmail.com. That's right, that's right. Send in your comments. Send in questions. anything. Just send in anything. Please no like your hate mail. On, on the obvious alcohol consumption that has happened over the course of this episode. I don't think this and one's our at least my reaction to it, because I definitely feel like I've been feeling <laughs> this way more. And I don't know if that's a good thing. All I can say is you're welcome. Alright, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> A.K.A. Maui. Not that rip. I'm not mad at you, though. I'm not mad at you. But yeah, reach out to us. I just want to hear, if if you're, especially if you're subscribed to us, but even if you just listen frequently, I want to yeah. hear, hear favorite moments. I want to hear, like, if you listen to every, if you've listened to every single one of our episodes, and you've got a favorite moment, or you've got something that you think was funny, or something you want to hear more of, or something you think that we did specifically well, Please. All the fans that we've interacted with have been wonderful. We thank thank everyone that has written in for the past year. So if you've got something that you've loved from the past year, just send it. Just please communicate. There's some passionate bourbon talk coming out. Passionate. (laughs) 
I love it. Definitely had a beer earlier in the day, <laughs> but only one. After work hours. Yes. So. I was with my grandparents. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. So that's there. If you love our logo, we love it too. I've got a shirt and a mug with it on it. You can have one too. You can have an apron. You can have a pillowcase. If you love that creepy campfire logo, made from our friend. Get some merch. Joshua Machola. You can get that. And I'm, if you're listening to us on iTunes, I'll include a link in there. Uh, but if not, all you have to do is uh, Google Creepy Campfire Podcast and Spreadshirt, and our store will pop up. If you have any issues at all, just email us, and I'll send you the link. So, And finally, most important thing, above almost all of that. Uh, not that. that one. That one. <laughs> Please just leave that one in. <laughs> Okay, I'll leave that one burp in. Just that one. <laughs> Just so people know that we're not we're not messing around. These are gone. Share the show. Tell your friends. Tell people. Tell people on social media about the show. We like to think that we're funny. You know, and even beyond that, we just hope we're giving you a good show. Whether you think we're funny or just interesting. Tell people that you think are going to enjoy the show because the more people that you tell, the more likely we are to get you real stories to tell the podcast community. The more people know about us, hopefully the more reactions we get, the more interaction we get, the more we can actually put what we really want to put out there, which is our fan, like, well, I mean, potentially fans and uh, just corresponding stories i feel yes. weird calling people fans i i, 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 I do i do too that was i had a trouble i had trouble I, saying that i always I stick with listeners because listeners I, people fans. can't be fans of us that's not a thing uh, listeners <laughs> listeners that's that's a better way of putting it but yeah so share the show give us a rating if you're listening to us on itunes just takes a second just sit there you already you already have it on your phone just hit just hit the star type in a little blurb and that's it and then more people will find it on their list they'll hear it They'll email in. We'll get y'all some fresh ghost stories. You know what I'm saying? Some real ones from people who are actually just real time sending that stuff. Yes. That's what we really wanted to do. That's it. So I think, I think, oh, oh, look at that. Squatch has a nice tent pitched for us out of some leaves he pulled down and the twigs we told him not to. Oh, he should have. Squatch, can you lick the bugs off the tent, please? Okay, thank you. Thank you. So Squatch has a tent pitched for us next to the fire. We got one more night in this swamp. It's definitely big enough for you and I, but not him. No, he's he's going to lay in the mud anyway. He's got to keep his Squatchy stench up. Keep that fur nice and uh, Yeah, that's unfortunate, but we love we love Barney. Oh, Barney, and thank you again to the yeah. listener who sent us our name. Yeah, I, I think we can tell well, I don't want to. I don't want to show any favoritism. We'll leave it anonymous. Uh, you sent us the name of our of our mascot. You know what? You're you're right. You are absolutely. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to the last, we've already included the last name on the last podcast, right? Oh yeah. Well, he's got a couple podcasts of his own, and he's going to have. He's got. Just get it in there. You know what, Jeff? Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff, for Barney. Yes. From Barney. From Barney. Yeah. What? What? You want to tell him? Okay. Go. Go ahead and tell him. Go ahead and tell him, Barney. Yeah, yeah, he's happy he's got a name now. So Barney's been so kind to pitch us a tent. He's still got the campfire going no matter how damp this swamp is, and we just hope he keeps his swamp gas to himself. So we're going to get cozy in that tent. 
but until next time, everybody, stay toasty. Stay toasty.